My name is Chris. I'm one of the staff folks here at One Church. And our mission is to lead people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why we do what we do. Um, we've been around for almost three years now, and uh, we have seen some amazing things that God has done. And what's amazing, even more, is God is still doing things. And One Church's best years are ahead of us. How many of y'all believe that? I mean, God is a lot of we're, the video stories that we're you know getting for you guys is we're just going to show those next week. It's going to just be a really great time. We've got people who've sent, sent us stories literally from who are overseas who have PCS on. It's just really cool. So I just want to know just how honored it is to be your pastor here and to do what we do. Today we're continuing our series called Christian Atheist. If you remember Christian Atheist, the definition of that is somebody who believes in God but lives as if he doesn't exist. Somebody who believes in God, but lives as if he doesn't exist. In fact, one of the things, and maybe you've not been to church in a while, maybe you've been out of church for years. The reason why I'm sure you left church wasn't because they started believing something differently, but it's probably because they said one thing with their mouths, but their feet did something else. That the reason why you got bounced out of church and got bumped out of church and the hurt that maybe me and you are feeling right now is because, not because they started believing differently, but because they started believing one way and their actions did something totally differently than what they said they believed in. Tonight, today we're going to be talking about that when we believe in God, but we do life alone. In fact, today what I'm going to be talking about is something I'm very, very passionate about here at One Church. In fact, I can't believe that they're even paying me today to even talk about this. i got to be honest with you. Because I am stoked to talk about what we're going to be talking about today. In fact, the best way I can kind of introduce it is just like this. A fellow by the name of Jay Strack. I used to do student ministry for like 12 years. And Jay Strack, who worked with students, he said this. He says, 15 years from where you're sitting at now, you fast forward 15 years from now, you're going to be the exact same person that you are today, except for three things. The books that you read, the places that you go, and the people that you meet. The books that you read, the places you go, and the people that you meet. It's that last one that I want to talk with you about today, because I want to really uncover a myth and a lie that a lot of people outside of church, but also inside of church, believe, and it goes a little something like this. That I can be okay with God and not be okay with people inside the church. Then the whole Christian thing is really, it's just between me and God. And I don't really need church for me to be a Christian. And you know what? You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You don't. It's just that simple. But hear me. You can't be a growing Christian and not go to church. You hear what I'm saying? You can't be a growing Christian and say, you know what, I'm just going to do this thing on my own. I'm going to do this alone. It's just me and God. It doesn't work that way. The reason why it doesn't work that way is because it's never worked that way. I didn't say this first service, but if you think about it, Adam and Eve who had this perfect relationship with God before sin came into the world, you never heard of it, Genesis chapter 3, you ought to read it, the Bible's two thumbs up, all right? Here's the thing. They had a perfect relationship with God, and yet God looked down at Adam and said, You need some help, son. I got to give you a woman. 
How many of y'all ladies in here who are married and your guy needed some help? All right, that's everybody. Everybody, right? All guys need some help. And God realized that. And God said, listen, you got all of me, Adam, but you need some help, my son. That's what we're going to be talking about today. In fact, our big idea today, we're going to state it, we're going to uncover it, and then from there, we're going to look at where in these two passages where we find this. As you know, if you, this is your first time here at One Church, we don't preach 16 points, we preach one point. And here it is. The big idea today is community is essential for commitment. Community is essential for commitment. Let's all say that out loud. Ready? Community is essential for commitment. Let me restate it another way. The first step away from God is a step away from the people of God. The first step away from God many times is a step away from the people of God. If you separate yourself from the church and the people inside the church, then you will eventually probably separate. You're going to be on rocky ground between you and God. In fact, let me say, I've never, ever, 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 I've never heard this conversation go like this. You know, Chris, you know, I went to church, and those, I just I stopped going, and and I've never let, <laughs> nobody's ever finished that sentence with, and you know what, I'm more in love with Jesus now than I ever have been. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way, right? It's usually, you know what, I kind of got burned out, I kind of left the church, got bumped out, somebody, relationally, you know, they just kind of grated on my nerves, and I stopped going to church, and, and something bad. Anytime, and you can watch this on Animal Planet, National Geographic, or you can go on a safari and see it yourself. You can see these water buffalo, they move in herds. And there is a reason why they move in herds. There is safety in numbers. There's safety in the middle of the pack. What do you call a water buffalo who strays away from the pack? Dinner. You call him O'Charles. <laughs> or if you want to, if you don't like that, call him Red. Middle name, Lobster. All right? He will be lunch. Because there is a spiritual principle here. You know what? If you're away from the pack, you will get taken down. Now, where does this come from in the Bible? 1 Peter chapter 5. This is what it says. The Bible calls our enemy, Satan, a lion. Look at this. Stay alert. Everybody say that. Stay alert. Stay alert. Next one. Let's say these next two words. Watch out. Alright? Stay alert. Watch out. Why? For your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around <laughs> like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Now look at these next commands. Stand firm. Everybody say that. Stand firm. Stand firm. And be strong in your faith. Everybody say be strong. Be strong. I like that. Now, so here it is. Stay alert. Watch out. Alright? Stand firm and be strong. Now, now that's just wonderful, Pete. Thanks for putting that out there. How in the world can we do that? I mean, how can we say, okay, how do we accomplish that? Because we do have an enemy. And he is very intimidating. You notice, when do run the lions roar? When they were all slinking down, right? And the, they're not roaring then. They're usually roaring after the kill. Alright? So, when the, how, how, are we, how are we able to stay alert? Watch out. Stand firm and be strong. Look at the next verse. It tells us. Stand firm against him. Stay alert. Watch out. 
this. Remember that you're Christians, Christian brothers and sisters. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are suffering the same stuff you are. Now, how can you stay strong, be alert? By remembering that you're part of something bigger than yourself. You're remembering that you've got some connections here. You're not just a lone ranger out there doing stuff alone, but you have some bros and some sissies. You have some Christian brothers and sisters. That's what he's saying here. Remember that it's not just you. All right? Even the Lone Ranger had... Tonto. Tonto. Come on, people. <laughs> am, I the only, am I the oldest person in here? Nope. If, if you say yes, I'm going to jump on off the stage. I'm going to do a crowd dive right here. Y'all ain't going to say do it. I'm going to laugh. All right. Here's the thing. I mean, he said, if you want to stand firm, if you want to be strong, you've got to remember that you're part of something bigger than yourself. You've got to connect with your Christian brothers and sisters. You've got to remember that this is an all-state thing. This is not something that you're out there alone. You're a part of something bigger. And that, I'm going to be honest with you, for the next few minutes, I'm going to spend every bit of all of my creative juices and my words to try to convince you that you've got to get connected into something larger than yourself. Because some of you, you think that the Christian life is just, you know what, let's just show up in church and let's sit in nice rows and let's cross our legs and let's just listen to somebody preach at us or yell at us or teach at us. And the Christian life isn't that. It wasn't like that in the first century, and it's not supposed to be like that today. Life happens in community because our big idea, commitment. If you want to be committed, you're going to have to have community. I just want to show you a peek of what community groups is like. For the past 18 months, I have been a part of a community group. And a couple weeks ago, we shot some video of just us hanging out around our kitchen table. And uh, I just want to show you... Uh, just some of the dialogue of what people have gotten out of our community group. I didn't give them this to say. I didn't script it for them. A lot of the people that you, you're going to see in there, they're actually leading groups. As soon as you leave, you can get involved in one of their groups. But I want you to listen what community group has done for them. Let's take a seat. <laughs> I just think the fact that we can all get together and just laugh. I mean, it seems like we do a lot of laughing. You know? And that first night that we did game night, <laughs> and we were doing the musical, the musical catchphrase yeah. and Madonna. I like the fact that, uh, you know, when you come to small group, uh, you know, whatever the kind of week that you've had, that uh, you kind of forget about all your problems and all your worries. Uh, you just have a good time. Have some fun. I like the folks in the group. It's been good getting to know everybody. I mean, just the relationships. Um, you know, wasn't sure what to expect. Very new to the church, and so we just weren't sure. I don't think we really had any expectations as far as, you know, what it was going to be, but... Um, we really had a sense of family, you know, the fact that our, my parents are in California and his are in Oregon. We just don't have family here. And so we just really had that sense of um, just relationships and family and people that really cared about us. And we finally, for the first time in five years, had somewhere to go for the holidays, you know. And um, so I think that for us was huge. So, For a military family, this 
community group has been a huge help in times when, you know, one of us um, <clears throat> PCS or deployed and the other spouse stayed here and the group kept kept that spouse within the group mm -hmm. and was able to you know, provide the support during the time that the spouse is gone. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing that, that I had a concern about when we first started was uh, telling our story. Mm -hmm. um, but come to find out, we pretty much were all on the same page as far as uh, issues go. So mm -hmm. that was a, a comfort within itself. You know, I, I came in thinking that, you know, I've got more issues than anybody else in the room, but that was far from the truth. We're all, messed up. <laughs> we're, all, we're all messed up, and uh, I think that's one thing that brought us closer together as a group as well. I think a lot about how, you know, when we first started coming uh, to the church, that, you know, we would come and just, uh, you know, we'd sit through the service, and we'd get up and we'd leave soon it was, as soon as it was over. And, uh, you know, we both... And, said going home one day that you know we felt a need that we needed to get more involved and for us community groups was uh, small groups is the exact thing that helped us because um, we would probably still be in that cycle simply just coming on Sundays and going home uh, and and not having the relationships in the family that we have now because uh, you know we we honestly look at everybody here as family uh, you know we call each other friends but I know many problems we've had family-wise throughout our lives, and and uh, I would say that you know I think of each of you as just as much family as I do my family back home. I I usually think of you as kind of a cousin Eddie. Mark. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the brother you never wanted. <laughs> it was very worth it because, like you said, we're more than friends. We're family, and I mean, after 18 months, you know that's huge. To walk in this place where you know nobody, and to walk out and know that these people have my back. You know that's a that's a great point is, is being there for each other's needs and uh, you know Michelle and I of course you know the some of the things that we went through this last year. Uh, but what probably surprised me I think a lot was uh, you know when uh, Michelle's sister passed the fact that you know you guys dropped what you were doing at that second. this group being there for him and there for his family, um, I'm going to start crying, but um, uh, since we've been part of this group, uh, Darren has been saved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's such a joyous um, a moment. So, and just watching him grow and becoming good friends with other kids in the church and just connecting. Mm -hmm. Those are the kind of things that you get out of a community group. Mm -hmm. It's lifelong friends and, and salvation. Mm -hmm. Well, I have to admit, for somebody who didn't want to do a small group, I have really enjoyed it. You had to say something. <laughs> um, like I said, I, I didn't want to. But I'm very glad I did. Um, I've grown. Um, I think our marriage has gotten stronger. Mm -hmm. I've learned to communicate better. Um, our kids are participating in church, which is 
a big deal. And I, I have. I have enjoyed it. And um, when we don't meet, I'm bummed the rest of the week. It feels like my whole week just fell apart. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I, look, I look forward to it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. And let me just kind of share with you some of the transitions that we all went through. Uh, we had a, a baby was born in that group. One couple was trying to sell their house, and they sold their house. Uh, another couple, uh, after a long, long waiting, they finally got pregnant. Um, we had two soldiers retired out of the military in that group. One, uh, uh, the fellow who runs camera back there, um, his name is Randy Wetzel. In fact, would you mind just thanking Randy for the, everything he does with the He said, you know, I would like to be able to, I can listen to the sermons, but I want to see them. Can you do this? And, I, and Randy, uh, this is the type of dude Randy is. He says, okay, I think this is a good idea, and I'm going to do it. And that's what he's doing. So we get people literally, you know, who tune in because their family's able to tune in and watch worship and watch stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just cool. But Randy came back from Iraq. Um, uh, also, another uh, lady, she ended up uh, PCSing for six months and didn't know if she was even going to be able to return while her husband and her three children were here. Uh, that was fun. Uh, we had marriage struggles. Um, uh, kids got in trouble. We had kids have issues with school. Uh, we had one person in the group who was just having medical issue after medical issue, and it's still this point they really don't know. Now they're saying you might have Parkinson's. Um, but uh, it's just, uh, we got um, a daughter went away to college in this group. Um, we had a, a person uh, who was in the Air Force. He retired from there. Uh, we have one person who left his job and is now going to school full time. Uh, we have uh, um, uh, just so much transition happened in this group. And i got to be honest with you. If it wasn't for this group, I don't know where I would be today. Because just like you, i got junk and I struggle. And you know what? Just like you, I struggle thinking, you know, sometimes I don't want to go to group. And I'm the leader. <laughs> just throw that out there. And sometimes I just don't want to go to group. But you know what? I've never ended group, in our group on Sunday nights, I've never ended group on Sunday nights going, man, I, 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 every time I'm always like, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm in this. I'm glad I'm doing this with you. And you know what? It's difficult. It's hard. If somebody has told you that the Christian life is easy, then you're doing it wrong. It takes all of us helping each other out. That's the reason why you can't do it alone. It's too difficult. You see, some reason we've got in our mind, well, church is just attending a place and sitting in all the same direction and listening to somebody, when in the first church, in the first century, it wasn't just attending an event. It was being attached to a group of people. It wasn't just sitting in rows looking at somebody, but it was turning the chairs and dialoguing with people about your faith and your struggles. That's what one church is to me. And that's what it can be to you as well. Now, here's what I want us to do. For the rest of the time, this morning I want us to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22 is where we're going to be at. And by the way, we don't know who wrote Hebrews, but you know who it was written to? Hebrews. Amazing. Thanks for coming to church. Alright, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, and we're going to get some really great words in here. Alright, All right, let's do this. Let us, and what's those next two words? 
Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Now, I just want to stop right here. And I want everybody to be honest. Let's take off our fake Christian mask and let's get real. How many of y'all have ever made a decision and said, you know what? This is the time. I'm going to get close to God. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing things right. And you were sincere. You got serious. You had a lot of emotion. It was exciting. And you made the commitment and it didn't stick. Let me see your hands. Keep them up. Everybody look around. You see? Look at this, guys. All right, thank you. And by the way, I'm raising my hand because I've been in there as well. You know why? Because commitment alone in itself isn't enough. You've got to put community with commitment. Some of us, especially in church life, we've kind of, we swallowed this law that if we have enough emotion, it's going to equal into some good devotion. You know, and sometimes people will move from church to church to church because this is the old, you know, I'm, you know the worship here, and it used to be good, but it's not good anymore, and preaching, and, and they say, okay, if I can get my emotional fix right, then this will be okay. And I'm telling you, that is a lie. It's not about emotion that equals devotion. That's not it. The key, the key for your commitments is community. It's just that simple. Because if you're the lone, if you're the lone water buffalo, you will be lunch. You can keep on going. Alright. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, full of assurance and faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. So he's saying we can draw near to God. We can get serious about our relationship with God. Now, how does that happen though? Next verse. Look at this. Let us hold, what's that next word? How many of y'all got teenage drivers in here? How many of y'all need prayer? Alright, keep them up because we, we actually have some uh, we actually have some car insurance people saying, okay, row six, alright, I'm going to get them. Row eight, I say, that's what it is. Alright, just good rates for them. Alright, now when you're a teenage driver and you're a parent of a teenage driver, you do two things. Number one, you pray a lot. And number two, you lecture them a lot about how they're driving. Alright? Because many times they swerve. You know, they can be talking, and then they, they turn around the back seat, they talk to somebody, and what's happens when you turn right? The wheel goes right, right? And, and you're like, honey, keep your eyes on the road. Alright? You start yelling up. Now, that's what we're going to talk Swerving. And he said, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. I mean, swerve. I want to talk about that. How many of y'all have ever hit an animal on the road? Some road kill. How many of y'all love Peter? Okay, good. All right. My, my mother and father-in-law, they live in Stewart County. You can hold it against them. And they, I promise you, I don't even know how they have insurance. Because they've hit, if I'm lying, I'm dying, between them and their son, I bet you they've killed 20 years. <laughs> this, this, y'all know Bambi, right? This, this past, her name is Joanne, and she doesn't listen to the podcast, so I'm safe. Um, she, uh, she shows up at our house in a new vehicle. I've not seen this vehicle before. I'm like, and they just got a new vehicle. I'm like, did you get a new one? We get a new Huh, yeah, of course you did, right? I mean, it's like their 18th, 20th place. It's nuts. And here's the thing. This is the thing I have learned is when you swerve to hit an animal, you know what usually happens? You know what ends up usually getting hurt? Not the animal. 
but you and your car. In fact, some of you right now, and here's the problem in most church life, is we have taken swerving as something that's just normal in church. Because everybody swerves, right? Everybody swerves. And a lot of people, you brought it to lie, well, that doesn't matter. My junk is my junk. Don't you tell me about my stuff. Well, here's the problem with that. If somebody is even close to you, when you swerve, they get hurt. Just like if you're going down the road and you see a possum. Alright? By the way, I love some possum stories. I got bit by a possum once. True story, different sermon illustration. I have to tell it to you about it. Wonderful times. I mean, possums are the nastiest thing out there, right? I don't swear for possums. I go, boom, boom. <laughs> right? I'm just saying. When it comes to, you know, small dogs, you know, boom, boom. <laughs> when it comes to cats, it's boom, boom. And then I put it in reverse. Boom, boom. Then I put it in drive. And boom, boom. I look over to some wall. Walk, is it dead yet? Diablo's dead. Right? Alright. I mean, I mean, or they like to, I mean, one of the things I saw for the first time just a couple months ago is armadillos. Y'all seen armadillos here now? Oh, yeah. I mean, six months ago, you couldn't see them around. They've been in Jackson, Tennessee for a while. But those jokers have migrated from Texas. Some of y'all from Texas. Take that slut back to Texas. <laughs> they migrated from Texas, New Mexico, the land of enchantment, to the volunteer state, and they some nasty stuff. Alright? You swerve to miss an armadillo, you will get hurt. And what I'm encouraging you, some of you are here today and you're swerving. You're swerving in your relationships. Some of you are like, yeah, I don't know if... I, you know, my spouse is deployed and I'm just struggling and I don't remember why I even said I do and I did and I'm kind of, I'm done. I think I'm going to, like I'm going to Facebook an old friend. And you're getting ready to swerve. Some of you, you're swerving financially. Some of you swerved and you drove your swerve here today. And you wish you could get out of the swerve. Some of you, I mean, you're swerving when it comes to your job and you know you should not do that thing. And you, or maybe you just got out of a job and right now you're kind of a free agent and you're thinking, you know, maybe if I could just doctor my resume a little bit. And you're thinking about swerving. Hear me, anytime you swerve, you will get hurt. And so will everybody ride in the car with you. So how can we keep them swerving, guys? How can we keep them swerving? Next verse. Look at this. It says this. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who is promised is faithful. Verse 24. And let us consider. Now when you consider something, what part of the body do you use? If you're from East Tennessee, you use your feet. Because you take off your shoes... One, two, all right? But if you're from any other part of Tennessee, you use your head, right? All right? That's what we're doing. Let us think about. Let us put our minds. Let us consider how we may. And what's the next word? I'm sorry. Let's say all this together. What is it? Spur. How many of y'all have ever ridden a horse? All right? How many of y'all have ever spurred a horse? Let me see your hands. Spurred a horse? All right? What happens when you spur a horse? They go. I mean, does the horse, when you spur the horse, go, Oh, Wilbur, that was good. <laughs> do it again. Do it, can you do it a little bit more in the back? Right back? No. When you spur a horse, what happens? They go. That joker is gone. <laughs> he moves. 
And what this, what this Greek word spur means here, guess what it means? It means spur. Crazy. The Greek word literally means to irritate, to provoke, to get in your face, and to not let each other go. That's what we're called to do. If you want to be unswerving, if you don't want to swerve, then you've got to get around some people who are going to get up in your face and say, Listen, Edmondson, what in the snackies are you doing? What are you doing with your life? I mean, you've got to allow some people to get real honest. And let me tell you where that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in here. It happens in a smaller group. It happens when we get real with one another and we take off our plastic Christian I'm fine faces when you were cussing your spouse out coming to church. How are we doing now? I'm fine. And your, your, your fangs are just blinking. You know what? You have got to get past the I'm fine Christianity. And you've got to get around people who say, I'm not fine. I'm going to kill it. I'm not doing well. I've shared this many times before. One of our best community groups was when me and Kim came to community group fight. All right? We came and Kim was like, okay, ladies, we're going to go do something ourselves because I can't look at that dude one more time. <laughs> and everybody's in the group's going, he's a preacher? They're really jacked up. Right? And you know what? We are. We're just like you. We got lives, we got families. <laughs> let us hold unswervingly and let us spur one another on. That is, that's just key. So many times I'll meet new Christians who say, Chris, I can't do this. I've prayed about the whole Christian thing. I just don't think I can do it. Because I, I can't be that good and I can't follow that many laws and yada, 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 yada. And I'm just going to say, you can't do it. If you're going to try to do this alone, you will. But what I am encouraging you to do is if you connect up relationally with other believers, it's okay not to be okay. Y'all know that the church should be a place where it's okay not to be okay. Because none of us are okay. That's what the Bible says, right? If you think your stuff don't stink, then you probably need to find another church. Because church is for stinking people, right? <laughs> it's for people who don't have it all together. You think about it, the people who Jesus had the most issues with are the people who thought, hey, I'm perfect. I think it's the people who knew the Bible more than anybody else. We've got to realize, you know, we don't have it together. James 5, 16 says, you know what, if you really want healing, then you've got to confess your sins to one another. And that doesn't happen in here. It happens in group, in verse 25. Let us give up, let us not give up meeting together. In other words, you just can't spur yourself. You can't get up in front of the mirror just by yourself and say, Edmondson, get it together, man. Can't do that. They've got words for people like that. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry. Rose the red, box of blue, I'm a schizophrenic, and so am I, right? Doesn't work. You've got that spurring is a two-man sport or a two-woman sport. So let us not giving up meaning together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us, what's this next word? Encourage. You know what it means to encourage? It means when somebody doesn't have courage, you give them something. You see, it's not just about spurring. It's not just about confronting. It's also about encouraging one another. Until How long? Until you see the day approaching, until Jesus comes back. i got to be honest with you. I'm a dude who's just like you who struggles with my faith. Probably the thing I struggle with most is fear. And one of the things, that, and I will talk about this because I want you guys to know that I am not perfect. 
About three weeks ago, I was just I was just in the dump. I got here about four o'clock, four thirty on a Sunday morning, and I just got out of this. I got out of it. I just prayed. I said, God, I, I read my Bible. And I'm like, I'm still struggling. Help me here. And at five thirty, we start setting everything up. And one of the dudes who sets up, he's also in my community. His name's Mike. I just share with him. He says, Chris, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm not okay. I'm struggling with my faith. Well, we ended up going to group that night, and I'm lying in bed that night, and he sends me an email. I'm going to read to you his email. His name is Mike Fire. I love this dude so much. We went canoeing this past Monday. Took our boys. This is an email he wrote to me. Just wanted to let you know I've been praying for you. You mentioned that you were struggling with faith, and I think it's awesome how you as a pastor can be real like that. I know as a first sergeant, I've struggled with being real my whole career. As far as having a problem with faith in my book, or should I say in God's book, then that puts you in some pretty good company. I think I read about a guy named Moses who struggled with doing something. Then I read about this other guy named Peter who faltered in his faith to the point he denied his best friend. I'm sure that there are others, but you'll have to read that for yourself. <laughs> the one thing I do know is that they all came out stronger in the end, and if you skip to the back of the book, you're going to learn that it all turns out good in the end. I guess what I'm trying to say, and this is the first circuit talking, is suck it up and drive on, Edmondson. <laughs> Just wanted to encourage you and let you know we love you. You know, whatever. I hope we're just doing better. Take care, bye. You know, I love that thing. I am so thankful that I got people like that in my life who's just able to say, not see me as Chris, the pastor, but see me as Chris, who's a guy who struggles. I need that. I can't, I can't live my life without that. And I'm, 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 if I was a betting man, I would say you couldn't live your Christian life without that either. And if you've been trying, your commitment's been faltering. Because without community, there is no commitment. There is no commitment. As, as I end today, I just, I just want to say this. I know many of you are out there and you don't want to swerve. You want to, you, you want to be consistent in your commitment. Then you need to hear me say, stop being a Christian atheist and start doing life with somebody else. If that's not in a community group here at one church, then find a group of people that you can do that with. Because we have an enemy who is just wanting to pick us off and get us alone so that he can tell us a lot. And so that we can get down and we can start realizing, you know what, maybe I am really messed up. Maybe I shouldn't. Or maybe I should start doing this. Or what? And get around people who can look at you and say, suck it up. Suck it up. How we're going to end this today is the guys are going to come out, they're going to do some more songs. But as you leave here, you're going to have a choice. There is, we have like eight groups out there who are, we have couples groups, we have singles groups, we have ladies groups, we have groups meeting on Sunday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, and some meeting during the day. I mean, we've got people in almost every one of those group leaders out there, I know personally, they're good people. You know, you, you go, you sign up for a group, it, it doesn't mean you're in that group you, 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 you do it for six weeks, you try it, it's like dating. And if it's, how many of y'all have had a bad first date experience? Anybody? Thank you, my friend Eric. 
don't know who it was, but I had a bad first date experience as well. Now, let me tell you what you and I didn't do, my friend. You and I didn't, after our first date experience, one, I ain't ever dating again, right? No, what happens is you go on another date experience, right? I mean, some of you, you had a good date experience, you married the sucker, and then stuff went downhill after that, right? And some of you are like, well, daggum, I don't think I'm just going to end my romance, I'm just, I'm not going to try anymore. No, you dust yourself off, you pick yourself up, you say, I'm going to try again. And that's what we have to do as groups. Some of you have tried groups, and it wasn't the best experience. I've been in three groups, cycles of groups here at one church, and some of them were good, and some of them were like, I'm not telling you which of the ones were me because some of you were in my group. <laughs> <laughs> risk it. Take a risk. It's worth it. I'm hurt. Dear God, we love you. I thank you so much for this time. I thank you so much, Lord, for, for those who, um, Lord, who struggle, who uh, are just like me, people who are just... Don't have it all together. I thank you so much, Lord, that we don't have to be I'm fine, Baptist Church, or I'm fine, Nazarene Church, or I'm fine, Assemblies of God Church. But we can just be, you know what? You can sing we pray. Amen. Why don't you guys go ahead and stand up with us? We're just going to kind of.